Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Wolverine Podcast here on Monday, January 15th. A very hoarse Monday, January 15th, uh, of course. Clayton and myself, Anthony Broom here with Clayton Safey. Both of us, separate parties, but equal in that we were at uh, last night's Detroit Lions playoff win, the first in either of our lifetimes. Um, I don't want to take too much credit, but uh, we gave our voices in exchange for two Los Angeles Rams timeouts. So bear with me, bear with us today. Obviously a lot to discuss JJ McCarthy is off to the NFL draft. Jim Harbaugh uh, potentially off to the NFL uh, with an interview uh, with the Chargers on Monday. We'll discuss that. We'll discuss guys that stay, are staying, guys that are going. Uh, Monday is obviously uh, you know, a, a few lingering NFL draft decisions still out there, uh, but we more or less know who's coming back to this team this year, so we will discuss that as well. So, uh, Clayton, welcome. Uh what a three-week run it has been, huh? Yeah, Rose Bowl, National Championship game, which was only a week ago right now, and then Lions game on Sunday night, first playoff win in over 30 years. And then Michigan basketball on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, getting the win Monday afternoon at Chrysler over Ohio State. The Buckeyes were vanquished. Uh, So it's it's been a pretty good few weeks here. Yes, um... And and again, uh, we will talk about the future here shortly. Um, no man knows the future. Still, certainly, uh, that is still certainly the case to an extent. Um, but a lot of finality has come on guys that are off to the NFL draft. Guys that are sticking around. So, uh, before we get into that, I want to shout out our pals over at Lewis Jewelers. Of course, you know them as Ann Arbor's Diamond Store and more. Um, Serving the Ann Arbor and Detroit region since 1921, Lewis Jewelers' reputation and continued success stems from our belief, uh, their belief, all of our belief, that a successful jewelry store is built on integrity, quality customer service, and quality products. Uh, Lewis Jewelers is a proud proud partner of, obviously, us and also Michigan Athletics uh, to ensure every client walks through their doors or peruses the virtual store is taken care of. They have a non-commissioned trusted advisor team that's always ready to provide professional experience, advice, and expertise. There's no pressure, no commission. They're going to hook you up. They're going to take care of you. So uh, head on over to their location over at 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor or online over at lewisjewelers.com. And again, thank you uh, for your continued support of the Wolverine.com. All right, Clayton. Well, I, I... you know, we could probably throw a dart at a dartboard and go any which direction for this show on Monday night. But let's start with J.J. McCarthy. I think uh, outside of Jim Harbaugh, the most consequential decision on the 2024 season is in. Uh, Michigan will be looking for a new starting quarterback. J.J. McCarthy's off to the NFL draft after three seasons in Ann Arbor, 27-1 and record, three-time Big Ten champion. Uh, national championship winner, three trips to the college football playoff, Rose Bowl champion, 
all of the above. And, and I know a lot of people are going to, cause this is what we do when Michigan guys decide they're going to declare for the NFL draft is it's some people will tip their hat and say, you know, hats off to a good career, great career at Michigan, arguably one of the winningest uh, careers at Michigan, certainly in terms of what he accomplished over the last month or so. But you know, there's also factions of people that will say, Oh, he, you know, not ready for the NFL, needed another year, uh, whatever it is. Uh, a lot of the consensus on him is probably in somewhere in that QB4, QB5 range um, in that, you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, those are the consensus top two. And then from there, it's it's Jaden Daniels and it's JJ McCarthy and it's Michael Penix Jr. So, I mean, first off, I mean, let's just reflect on the career. I mean, this is a guy that three years ago, as a high school senior is tweeting to, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not, you know, millions of people, millions of Michigan fans, essentially during a COVID season saying, listen, chill out, take a deep breath. Everyone in that building is going to work to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. And that we do reach that mountaintop. Again, I'm paraphrasing the tweet at this point is legendary, but uh, you know, it's not often that guys are able to come in and, completely deliver on that and put the numbers aside, put the, you know, whatever you think about his skill set aside, this man called his shot and went out a champion and there's no better way to go out. Yeah. I mean, you could have gone out back to back national champion potentially. I think that would be the argument, but at the same time, and people say that like a guy could use another year. I mean, Caleb Williams could use another year. He would be better if he came back another year in college, but it doesn't mean it's the right decision for him to do that. You can still develop in the pros. That's going to happen uh, with both JJ and Caleb Williams. So, I mean, legendary is absolutely right. Uh, his dad posted yesterday, and I, I shared it as well. But he's seventy-seven and five as a starter uh, in as a football player since his sophomore year of high school at Nazareth Academy. Then goes to IMG, leads them to an undefeated season. Obviously, 27 and one as a starter at Michigan, but only been a part of three losses here uh, is, you know, first team all Big Ten. First time Michigan's had that from the quarterback spot in a long time. First time they've won. Uh, Michigan's had a guy who has won the Big Ten quarterback of the year award. And, you know, the Rose Bowl win three time Big Ten champ, obviously national champion. So, I mean, as legendary of a career as it gets, not just at Michigan either. I think he's going to continue to win. That's what he does. He's JJ McCarthy is a winner. Um, you know, probably somewhere in the late first round there, you would think. I think it's it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, and then you know, obviously Jaden Daniels. Probably all be top ten, and then after that, I think it just depends on who likes JJ McCarthy enough, uh, or or one of these other guys who feels like that they want that fifth year option on a guy, but. Could see him fall into the second round, uh, but either way, I think uh, you know he. We said this, uh, I believe, last week or or last time that we talked about this upcoming decision. There was no bad choice that JJ McCarthy could have made, so he made a really good choice. I think he would have made a really good choice if he came back to Michigan, and we know for a fact that there was going to be some money thrown at him, and and was obviously there were meetings, you know, about the possibilities that he could have. Obviously, a smart kid, smart family, weighing. Uh, you know, understanding all the information that is out there on what he could do either way. 
Um, but now I think that money's going to go elsewhere to guys like Donovan Edwards, Rod Moore, you know, other guys that are deciding to come back to Michigan and carry this thing on. So um, very, very happy for JJ, one of the better kids we've ever been around, obviously. And uh, we're not the only ones to say that. Uh, great family. And it'll be fun to watch him in the NFL. Yeah. And, and there was a guy, and again, I'm not, you know, I'm not petty, but there was a guy who tweeted at me that said, I have lost all credibility for suggesting that uh, JJ McCarthy could be a first round pick. But, you know, for a variety of reasons, I mean, I think he checks the box from a leadership perspective. Um, you know, obviously the expectations of the world placed on his shoulders at Michigan and really outside of the statistics, which is, that's just eye candy for people anyways. Um, delivered on that and then some you know with the weight of the world on his shoulders and just never really seemed to feel the pressure that's a huge box checked i mean his arm talent is incredible as we've seen uh you know i think that i i don't think michigan leaned into his dual threat ability nearly as much as they probably could have so um you know if you're an nfl organization that even if you're on the fence about him being a first round prospect and you think he has some growth to do you draft him in the first round because you're going to get that fifth year option which buys you an extra time of development with him. So um, that's me calling my shot. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think he'll interview extremely well. Obviously, we think he'll test extremely well. And um, shout out to him for, uh, I mean, you call it a gamble on himself. But, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like he accomplished everything he came to Michigan to do. And, yeah, next year is never guaranteed. So um, great career for him. But I think the big question now is, what now, right? Because in 2024, you have a quarterback room that includes Davis Warren, Alex Orgy, Jaden Denegal, uh, maybe Jack Tuttle. We'll see. Uh, Jaden Davis coming in as a true freshman. And, um, you know, this year I said it often, and it's no disrespect to the guys in the room, but I never felt like this season J.J. McCarthy's successor was on the roster. And now, you know, in 2024, you could say, well, maybe Jaden Davis will be the closest thing to that. But um, despite having the winner in spring football, throwing that on a true freshman who, uh, you know, is not, I, I don't know that he'll necessarily be ready to go out of the box. That's a lot to put on his shoulders as well. So um, I think transfer portal is obviously where this thing is headed. Um Options aren't there, aren't a plenty. I uh, put something out on Sunday about potential guys to keep an eye on. Obviously, Talia Tagovailoa is out there, but there, you know, we'll see if he even gets a sixth year of eligibility. Granted, you know, you've got Will Rogers, uh, formerly of Mississippi State, and uh, then of Washington for like three weeks, and now he's back in the portal after Kalen DeBoer goes to Alabama, and those are probably right now. I mean, the top two by a pretty decent margin of what's out there. So again, Clayton, I mean, when you look at what's next for this group to you, where do you think this is head over the last, you know, the next several months, I should say. Yeah. I mean, I think starting with guys on the roster, I think the guy that has the best chance to win the job is Alex orgy in pretty far and away in my opinion. But I also think that we had heard for months that they were going to go with the transfer portal whether or not J.J. McCarthy came back. I mean, they could have used still – I mean, we'll see if Jack Tuttle applies for and gets a waiver. Uh, he had a year there where he doesn't meet all the, you know, all the explicit requirements for a medical redshirt, but 2022 at Indiana, 
He was injured. He played in less than 30% of the games, but uh, the one game he did appear in was in November, suffered the season-ending injury in November. It's supposed to happen in the uh, the first half of the season if you want to get that waiver. Now, obviously, there are exceptions, so we'll kind of see how that plays out for him. But either way, they I think they were going to look to either replace J.J. McCarthy had he gone to the NFL, which has now happened, or go get a Jack Tuttle type, a guy with experience, potentially somebody who can be depth there and step in if you need him to. So I think the transfer portal is clearly there. Uh, you know, what's going to happen um, in the look and, you know, you never know what's going to be out there or whatever. And I think, you know, it could be post spring ball, which is kind of, you know, not, not the most ideal situation because you want your quarterback to be ingrained with the team and go through spring ball, spring ball and everything. But I think if you can get the guy who, you know, sets you up the best in the fall to win football games, then, uh, you know, then you have to go that route. But Alex Orgy would be really interesting to me. You would you would change the offense. I think you would go a little bit more towards what John Harbaugh and the Ravens have done over the years with Lamar Jackson. And it'd be fun, man. I mean, that dude, every time he touches the ball, if you're a defense, one, you're holding your breath if you're the defensive coordinator. And two, if you're the offense, you know that there's, you know, he has the potential to go the distance or, you know, ripped off a few 20-yard runs that were pretty big for Michigan uh, and, and then a 10-yard run as well in the national championship game. So he has been productive for them towards the end of the year once they started to go with with him there. So, I, I you know, I think he's developed as a passer. I talked to him, and we'll have a story on it this week. But, you know, he said that Kirk Campbell has done wonders for not just him but the rest of the quarterbacks coaching them up. And uh, so I think he's better prepared than maybe some people think to take over at some point. But all those guys are going to have a chance. I mean, Jaden Davis probably understands that. He's prop. He's a year away, uh, but at the same time, he's going to compete. He's going to get that opportunity. So, it's a lot of uncertainty, but you wouldn't have it any other way in a certain sense because JJ McCarthy left, due in part to him winning the national championship, and uh, and so you know you will certainly take that and, and wish him well going forward, and then you kind of figure it out after that because you know everyone out here in this sport is trying to win the national championship or get to whatever level they can get to you know if you're a mac team you're probably not going to win it all but you know could you make the playoff one year with a magical ride you know western michigan would have a few years ago if there was a 12 team playoff so it's all relative but everyone's trying to get to that spot michigan did that there are going to be consequences for that with a lot of these guys feeling like they've accomplished everything they can at michigan uh but now it's your job to uh you know to rebuild the roster and i think that they have an opportunity to do that yeah i think it comes with the understanding too that like the offense is I won't say fundamentally, like they're still going to want to run the football, control the line of scrimmage, but you know, it's going to look fundamentally different at the quarterback position, I think, because you're looking at, you know, with the options that are out there, uh, you're kind of looking at these veteran guys that are kind of statues, or you're looking at guys that are a little like uh, an Alex orgy. That's a guy that, uh, you know, he could throw the ball. Um, and I'm not making this direct comparison, but uh, it's similar to like a Joe Milton thing where, I think what they're trying to do is teach him to be able to make more throws and just launching it down the field, 60, 70 yards. I think that, uh, you know, ball placement, changing velocity is something that they're working with him on. Uh, Cause when you watch him in warmups, like he does throw, you know, he can rip that thing. And I, I think that, uh, you know, if, if he develops as a passer at all, that does make things interesting because then you start to think, well, what does like an option game with him and Donovan Edwards, who we'll talk about soon, he's coming back next year. You know, what does that look like? Um, you know, 
something that Michigan did so well in the college football playoff was run an run offense that, you know, with misdirections with, you know, they, they, they were manipulating the eyes of defenders and, and throwing a little more option into that, that playbook for next year. Um, quite frankly, whether Jim Harbaugh's there or not, because um, Jerome Moore will be the guy that is more or less coordinating the offense. I, I think that's probably the recipe that you're looking at. So it's going to be a little different. I, I think that um, next year you're probably looking at Michigan being a little more downhill uh, consistently in terms of the run game, in terms of what they do with the quarterback runs and such. But until we know who that guy's going to be. Yeah, it's early again, to say either way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's way too early. Uh, and the other scenario is maybe they don't bring anyone in and see where things are at after spring ball because you're going to have other depth charts start to kind of loosely come together across the country. And you'll see, uh, you know, there's that window in the spring for guys to move around as well. So, again, I, I it's tough to say. I mean – don't even know who's coaching the team. Don't even know who's really, um, you know, in some of those key spots yet. We think they should probably add a wide receiver at some point via the portal. Um, just a lot of unknowns at this point. So uh, before we talk about Jim Harbaugh, I want to take this super chat from our guy, Shane Johnson for four ninety nine. He says, we are national champs have something for you guys, but we'll have to wait for CB next week. Hopefully. Yes. Chris is sick uh, again. Thoughts to him on a speedy recovery. I hope to have him back when we do our Thursday show. Uh, it says, besides George A being born, Georgia, Georgia, I don't know what that means, Shane. Uh, Houston was the best night of our lives. Um, let me say this about Houston. Let me say this about really this whole experience of covering this team, uh, juxtaposed with obviously Adam wearing Detroit Lions, viewing that as a fan this year, too. This year was one of the most genuine delights of my life. Uh, so many memories, um, you know, obviously with, you know, on the show with you guys in person, on the road with you guys, um, you know, short of family milestones, which to me, I mean, those are always, those are always the top of the list for me. Uh, sports, sports are in a different category, but short of any of that, I mean, this is, this whole season was, it was exhausting, but man, oh man, it was it was a delight and an honor to be able to uh, represent this site, represent this outlet, and covering it. So, uh, thank you, Shane. And I assume Georgia is his child. Um, so, Shane, good on you for making sure everyone out there knows. You know that was probably the best uh, day of your life. You know, having a child born, uh, which, which is what I assume he's referring to. But after that. If you're a Michigan fan, I mean, how is that game not one of the best days of your life? How is the Rose Bowl the, that day, January 1, not one of the best days of your life? I mean, the Big Ten championships you've been able to win over the last few years and the wins over Ohio State. So take your pick. Uh, they were all fantastic. And, and the Rose Bowl was a little bit more kind of exciting uh, just because of how close a game it was and, and Michigan hadn't got over that hump. And then the, the Washington game was really – nerve-wracking the whole way through it felt like until the end and then it's more of that euphoria that you felt the week before in the celebration and the release of winning it all so it was just sweet to see all the Michigan fans and how much it meant to them there, there was a video that I saw on Twitter and I don't remember exactly who posted so apologies for that but you know a, a diehard Michigan fan wearing a Mikey Sainer still jersey and it was a the camera was on this fan as Mikey had the pick and then the interception return 
to kind of seal the game there on on fourth and thirteen, I, I believe it was right. Um, and just you know, there were I think there were tears and you know jumping up and down and everyone hugging and high fiving. It's like that has been what Michigan fans have waited so long for. So if you're a Michigan fan, pull it down. You did that. Um, and it was, uh, it was really just cool to see everybody's reactions. Cause I'm so happy for my family and, you know, a bunch of Michigan fans out there that got to experience that. Yeah. I mean, that's for us. A lot of it is, uh, you know, it is work, you know, when you, uh, you work these night games and you work till three, four, sometimes close to five o'clock in the morning. And yeah, people text you, Oh, that, you know, that must've been so awesome. You must be so happy. It's like, dude, I'm just trying to get to bed. Like, I'm just trying to get through it, get to bed. But it's like when you get back and you get to see your people, you get to hang out with your people and see how happy they are. Um, that's when it all starts to sink in. And that's where, you know, again, it's we- it, this weird sensation for me where I'm like, yeah, Michigan just won the national title. It's been so much fun to follow and to cover. I'm just trying to win a, an NFL playoff game on Sunday. Then you get to that and it's like, finally, there was just like this release of – this is just this run that we've been on, um, you know, both as from a work perspective and uh, and otherwise. So it's, it's been great. But let's talk about Jim Harbaugh now. Um, well, let me just that, add that, too that it was it was a happy mission for us all the way through. And secondly, um, like there was a bittersweet part of it for me, too, because you realize that you're not going to get to watch this Michigan football team again. And we've watched them more than any other Michigan football team in history, right? 15 wins, 15 games. But, um, I mean, just the guys on this team and the the way they played, I mean, just such good discipline football with so much talent out there, great coaching staff. It's just uh, part of that is a little bit bittersweet, I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, And part of that is also because you don't know if it is the end of an era. Obviously, that's the last time we see Blake Corum and JJ McCarthy and those guys play. And again, we don't know maybe the last time we see Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, he, it, it's clear that there, you know, at least with, as far as the Los Angeles chargers are concerned, he is going to explore that. Uh, he did interview with the chargers on Monday afternoon. Again, we don't have any indications on how that interview went or, or where he sits in the pecking order out there what sort of assurances, money, contract, whatever it is. All we know is that he has a contract on the table from Michigan. Um, you know, again, they put in the the reported deal was that he would not entertain NFL offers this year. Uh, he is entertaining NFL offers this year because the Chargers tweeted out that he was there. So uh, we're kind of in this weird gray area now where now you're waiting from, I'll call it uh, clarity, on what Jim Harbaugh does next, but it's this weird thing where Clayton, I can't help but shake, you know, even after, and I want to make one thing very clear, nine years at Michigan, three big 10 championships, a national championship. I think he has earned the right to explore whatever he'd like to explore. I think that given that Michigan from a leadership perspective was not proactive in getting this deal done last winter, um, I think that he has earned the right to explore whatever he needs to. Um, it would be, I, I think, long-term, or, or at least in the near future, it's probably best if he is your coach. But to me, something oh, that's yeah. very clear, oh, yeah. yeah, something that's very clear to me is that even despite all of that, there there is something, there's something within him 
that I don't know if he will ever truly feel whole again if he doesn't it's, it sounds so weird to say, but if he doesn't kind of kick the tires on the NFL, um, you know, all this talk of unfinished business, it feels like to me there is a little bit of unfinished business there. And uh, it's going to take the right opportunity. He, he's going to be very picky about it. But um, right now it's it's it kind of feels like Chargers or Michigan and we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, I think everyone in Ann Arbor is prepared for what, you know, either scenario. Yeah, and I think right opportunity were the two words that that were spot on. I mean, and he even told that to Gatlin Bear, top 100 wide receiver out of Idaho, uh, as reported by The Athletic, I think about a month ago, that if there's a team that comes along that has everything that he would look for, and I think, you know, he didn't expand on that, but you would think about potential personnel control. Um, you know, Adam Schefter has been talking today on various shows about you know, would the nutrition program look like this? And what would the weight room look like and training facility that they're building and that sort of thing. But if they come along with the things he's looking for, then he would entertain it. And I think that the first step of that is taking a conversation like he did an interview with the Los Angeles Chargers. So, yeah, I mean, just like anybody else out there, he has the right to do that. Um, you know, as long as his superiors at Michigan are fine with it and, and they don't really have another choice because you desperately want Jim Harbaugh to be your coach. It would be a devastating blow if he wasn't, and they'd be wise to do everything in their power to keep him at Michigan. But I don't think it's between, you know, whether he is dead set on going or dead set on staying. I think it's about weighing options. Like he said a year ago that you sit back every January as he always has. And you look at what your options are, where you want to be the next year, that sort of thing. Um, and I think that's kind of what this process is that's going through that he's going through right now. So I think at some point he'll have to come to a decision, assuming he gets an offer from the Chargers. And it certainly sounds like he's their top candidate at this point. They have to go through some more interviews based on Rooney rules and everything else like that. But it seems like he could have the option one way or the other. And I think for him, it's it's what do I want to do more? It's not that he doesn't want to be at Michigan uh, or, you know, does or doesn't want to be in the NFL. I just think it's whatever he feels like is the best choice for him. And it sounds simple, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that if he gets offered by the Chargers, he'll go just like I think he could have gone to Denver last year. And I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that even if he gets everything he wants from Michigan in the form of a contract and support and NIL and everything else, that he'll stay. So it's a long way of saying we'll see what happens. Uh, but, you know, certainly it's uh, – you know, he won the national championship. He has accomplished a lot here. There's still a lot more to go get. I mean, Nick Saban won seven, right? And I don't think it's really possible unless you operate like a football factory like Alabama to go get seven. Uh, and I don't think Nick Saban, if he stuck around, was going to get seven more. Like that was just an insane run. Six at Alabama, one at LSU. Uh, but, you know, there's more out there to accomplish at Michigan as well. And I think he probably understands that. So, We'll see where things go in the in the coming days. It doesn't seem like anything is imminent uh, either way, You know whether or not the decision right now is in Jim Harbaugh's hands. Chargers still have some work to do on their search, and uh, Jim Harbaugh probably will, will you know, deliberate with he and, you know, those around him. It's important to note, too, that, um, you know, again, people will ask, you know, why? Well, if Michigan gives him everything he wants, why would he go? I think something you need to understand about Jim Harbaugh as, as a quote unquote football guy is that when you love the sport of football as much as he does, I think that 
there's no there's no prize there's no honor that could be could be bestowed upon you at any level of the sport that is akin to you know hoisting a, a Lombardi trophy and and if he feels like that there's an opportunity that allows him to do that while check while checking every single box that he could possibly want but because again you know, it didn't work out with the 49ers because he didn't have control and there were factions and there were um you know it wasn't the greatest you know the best setup between coach owner and gm so um yeah i think he's earned the right to be picky we'll see what happens um i know it it drives michigan fans nuts but i think if, if anything's been proven it's that you know when he's there his way works and, and you might be frustrated by you know the recruiting trail you might be frustrated by a number of things but if he's there th- this is the byproduct of you know what happens when he wins it's it's a lot it is a lot to deal with but look at the upside of it right so we'll see i mean that's i I do wonder too i wonder who the people who it's driving nuts are they the same people who wanted him fired a few years ago i mean so it's like you can't have it both ways it's like if you're jim harbaugh you're like wait now you don't want me to look around you they probably wanted him to look around a few years ago so you can't have it both ways no one would begrudge someone in a different job for looking around. Like if I got a call tomorrow, I would hang up and, and tell them no, but I would also, you know, listen to what, whatever they have to say. So you, you know, you look at Jim Harbaugh understanding that he's one of the most elite coaches in the country. You want that. You want somebody who would garner that type of attention or interest. So, uh, you know, I, I do wonder who, who the faction is that it drives insane that, that this is happening. Yeah. I mean, the the quote unquote headaches are one thing if you're going eight and four nine and three and you're not where you want to be but um, you have one of the best coaches at you know regardless of level of sport really in the history of the sport right now and uh, again you just ride it out and we'll see what happens knowing that regardless uh, I think you have a guy in Sharon Moore that whether it's five days from now or five years from now. Uh, We'll be up for the challenge. So I think that's a good spot to be in. Um, any other breaking thoughts news. on Harb- Do we have breaking news? Makari Page is back, as expected. Carson Barnhart right. is gone to the NFL draft, also, as expected. So now six Michigan offensive linemen declare for the draft. Uh, Ladarius Henderson didn't have eligibility left, but five of them left eligibility on the table due to the COVID year. A little confusing because there's no way Zinter, Keegan, those guys are coming back. But Michigan was six linemen that could be drafted in April. Crazy. Well, let's use that as a springboard into staying or going. Um, I think that, obviously, J.J. McCarthy is the big one, but Donovan Edwards back. Um, we already knew a guy like Miles Hinton was going to come back. So, uh, you know, you lose two starting tackles, but Miles Hinton, I think if, if healthy, is going to slide into one of those roles, Drake Nugent gone. I, I don't have the whole list. I mean, there are a whole lot of guys that could be drafted, but uh, Trent a. Jones to the draft, Carson Barnhart to the draft, Drake Nugent, Trevor Keegan, Roman Wilson, Blake Corum, uh, Braden McGregor, uh, Jalen Harrell, I believe, headed to the draft, um, Chris Jenkins, Junior Colson. I mean, uh, most of the guys that had decisions to make decided to go out on a high note. You know, you have – Rod Moore returning. You have Donovan Edwards returning. You've got Makari Page now. Um, I guess let's start on that defense. Uh, 
you know, something that Jesse Minner said early on this year is they were going to take advantage of that non-conference to get a lot of different guys playing time. And you saw that, you saw that depth play itself out throughout the year. It was a huge asset for them down the stretch in the college football playoff. And really it set the table for a group in 2024 that I think is, is not going to be quite as deep, but you go up and down that projected starting lineup and, and most of that defense stays intact, including, I think, you could argue arguably their two best players on that defense in in Will Johnson, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant wouldn't be in that conversation. Linebacker, you lose Rod Colson, Moore. but Rod Moore is in that discussion. Um, Ernest Hausman was great when he got on the field. He'll have an expanded role. Jay Sean Barham has made plays at Maryland. So defensively, uh, again, for all the questions we have about quarterback and about offense, defensively, um, I know they're fired up down in Columbus about what they have coming back, but I think Michigan fans should be very excited by what they have coming back. And again, we'll see uh, if Jesse Minter sticks around to coordinate them. But this group is uh, maybe not quite as deep, but looks to be as loaded uh, at the top of the depth chart. Yeah, and when you look at it too, you got to. We have to understand too for the people out there the, the context surrounding some of these decisions. Like I said, it with the offensive line guys. A lot of them had the COVID year left, but, you know, Carson Barnhart, if he came back, he would have had to stay for a sixth year. You know, guys just weren't planning on doing that. Even Trent A. Jones, who I think, you know, probably could have used, you know, a, a year of being a full-time starter, which he never had at Michigan, even though he showed some good things when he was able to get in there, including in the CFP this year. Um, you know, he's 23 years old, as he posted, I think, today or yesterday. So that you got to ha- understand the context around a lot of those. Roman Wilson – you know, played all four years at Michigan. It would have been a COVID year type of thing. And he's more than draftable, right? And there are other guys in that kind of bucket. Same with, you know, Jalen Harrell and whatnot. But when you look at the juniors that had decisions to make, J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, Rod Moore, and Junior Colson, Michigan goes two for two there. I mean, J.J. is obviously the most consequential, as you said, at the top of the show. But uh, you're able to get Donovan Edwards back. You're able to get Rod Moore back, Junior Colson headed to the NFL draft. So even with junior Mike Barrett, um, you know, the two edge rushers, Jalen Harrell, Braden McGregor leaving, I agree with you. I mean, that defense is still going to be stacked. I mean, the fact that really when push came to shove here at the end of the season, it was a defensive line that stepped up and I think kind of separated this defense uh, or maybe the last couple defenses and this one in its ability to step up against the elite talent, the SEC uh, in champion in Alabama, it was the defensive lines, particularly the interior of the defensive line. And those guys are coming back outside of Chris Jenkins. Kenneth Grant, I mean, think of he had a great debut against East Carolina this year, but think of how much better even he was against Washington and that play he made in the sack uh, on Michael Penix. But, you know, how much better he was at the end of the year compared to the beginning. He's going to get only better next season. So you still have a ton of talent there. The offense, you only have a couple starters coming back for you. Uh, You're still waiting on a final decision or an announcement from A.J. Barner, but he has accepted a senior bowl invite. So you assume here that probably before midnight he puts something out, Um, you know, so you you expect him to go. But there are some guys who have been waiting in the wings on the offense as well, which is I think is important to note. A guy like Giovanni Elhadi, who if Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter – or one or the other went to the NFL last year like they could have. Geo's easily in there this year as a junior, playing well, and he's the next, you know, Trevor Keegan. But those guys came back and he had to wait. And unfortunately for him, and, and it might end up being 
a positive for him, but he's going to have to wait till his senior year to be a starter next year. He's a lock, obviously, and he's going to get that opportunity. But uh, so th- there are guys like that who, who have been waiting in the wings as well. But certainly big blow to the offense with a lot of guys deciding, although not many of them were surprises. And then the defense, it's good to get uh, Rod back. And, and uh, you know, I, I think the, the rest of the guys coming back like Makari um, and, and the guys who were, were almost co-starters anyway, like a Derek Moore and Josiah Stewart, who also announced he's coming back today. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of talent there for those guys to work with. Yeah, um, I think, you know, we, we make the list of, of ones that could be most consequential. Um, don't rule out how huge Donovan Edwards being back could be. I mean, that's a guy who we've, we've gotten a glimpse of what he can do with lead running back duties uh, down the stretch last year. But, uh, you know, I, I know there was, you know, he fought through a lot of mental stuff this year. A, a lot of, uh, you know, he put on a good face, but you could tell he was frustrated. And to have that national championship game that he did as a springboard into an off season where now, you know, for the first time, he's going to get the lion's share of those, those top running back uh reps when spring ball starts assuming good health of course uh and then fall camp so i'm really excited to see what he can do i think still a lot to expand on with his game but um big game you know there's a lot of big games on that schedule next year and you want big game don on the team for that you know regardless of how you feel about uh how Kalal mullings might fare how some of those younger backs jordan marshall um you know all these guys are going to get an opportunity but uh, Donald Edwards, I still think there's a lot, there's a lot in there for him because really they haven't put a whole lot of, uh, haven't really taken a whole lot of tread off of his tires in terms of workload. So uh, a full off season to, to get right. And a full year of being that lead guy in that rotation. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, I think. And, uh, you know, some things to work on, obviously, um, you know, vision, breaking tackles didn't do a ton of that this year, but uh, I, I think Donovan Edwards, uh, I mean, that's, there's not a ton of offensive weapons coming back. Um, Colston Loveland is one of them. Obviously Samaj Morgan, there's a lot of promise with him, but uh, Donovan Edwards to me, I mean, that's uh, you might build the engine out of that guy next year. So uh, we'll see what happens with him. Any, any other thoughts on the guys with decisions? Actually, I want to take the super chat here. From GoBlue982 for $5, it says, Jim or no Jim, this train keeps rolling only if the players continue the culture. The more experience coming back will be key. And yeah, they have a lot of experience coming back. And winning breeds winning. And and when you have guys that for one year, two year, three years, this will be going on now four off seasons where you, you have these guys that ahead of you that set a tone now you know what it looks like and you know what your leadership has to be to get you back. Um, yeah, I mean, culture, that, that's that's why, whether it's Jim or not, um, having Sharon there, I mean, that's continuity. There's a lot of continuity here. Maybe not a lot of proven production in some areas, especially on offense, but uh, the standard's been set. And now that these guys have had two or three years in it, I, I think that's a good thing for them moving forward to keep this window open. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's also easier said than done. I mean, and culture starts at the top, too. So it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, God forbid that did happen where they do have a coaching change and assume that Sharon Moore would would get the job. And I think that would help in that respect. But I do 
I, I do keep coming back to the thought where, you know, continuity is great as well. And I think if you looked around the country, Sharon Moore may be the guy who you would you would want running Michigan football's program. But it's not going to be all the same assistants. You know, guys will have other opportunities. And it is different. I mean, being an assistant coach under Jim Harbaugh compared to being an assistant coach under a guy in his first head coaching job. So I think building a staff and keeping as many of these guys around will, would be absolutely paramount for Sharon Moore. And again, that's easier said than done, too, because there will be a lot of calls coming in for those guys, too. Um, you know, so you have to understand that part of it. But I absolutely agree here with, with, with the comment that as long as you can keep around a lot of these players who have won championships and understand what it takes to get to, uh, you know, th this elite level, then that's going to at least ease the burden a little bit if you did, you know, whether or not Harbaugh's the coach. So totally agree there. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting to see what happens there. But hey, it ain't bad having guys like Rod Moore and Don Ed and, uh, and all those guys coming back because they understand what it takes. What do you say we move to questions, sir? Absolutely. All right. We're going to start with this one from Limonade, a lemonade, Limonade. That's weird. Um, this is off topic, but will Keon Saab play nickel next year? Uh, well, now you have, you've got this three safety setup uh, in place with Rod Moore coming back, Makari Page coming back. Uh, I think Saab works into that. You know, we, we know they like to play a lot of three safety stuff. I think that he will uh, played really good uh, most of this year. And I think has a lot of room to grow still. So uh, nickel, maybe I don't know that he's really in that nickel mode or mold, I should say. Um, but I think he's certainly going to have a role. He's going to have a big role, I imagine. Yeah, I could see it in in certain situations with the nickel. But yeah, they they seem to go with a little bit different of a body type there. Even though he can match up with running backs, obviously, and then tight ends with his height and in size and strength and. Then even uh, you know might be a little bit tougher of a cover, but he's he is very good in coverage when he's on a guy that the ball skills he has to bat passes away. I mean, you can think of a, a few off the top of your head this year, including in the national championship game where he made some really nice plays. So I, I wouldn't totally rule it out, but yeah, I mean, Keon Sab's kind of this next year's Giovanni El Hadi because you probably weren't planning on having both Rod Moore and Makari Page come back. It's a huge win for Michigan that they are, but it complicates the situation for Keon Sab. But I, I do think that they'll find a way to get him on the field, just like they did this year, just like they did with Quinton Johnson this year as well. So uh, that'll be kind of interesting. And, and safety is definitely one of the deeper position groups, I would say, on the team heading into next year, if you look at it from this early view. Yeah, I think there's a lot of sub-package stuff you could probably do with him too. So, yeah, he's uh, – Nickel, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, he, he has a uh, – he, he's going to have a big role. So this one's from blank name. It says JJ is a first round pick for sure, but what does he lack? The only answer I've heard is that he did not throw the ball enough. Not throwing the ball enough is not a weakness. And, and the other thing is that when he did throw the ball, he was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in college football. So um, weakness wise, I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like he's, one B to Caleb Williams or anything like that. But uh, I think sometimes he, he falls in love with throwing a fastball. So taking a little, you know, could take a little more velocity off of his throws for some of those intermediate ones. Um, you know, he floats them from time to time. Uh, you know, he's, he's an accurate passer, but he does miss some gimmies uh, from time to time. I, I think a lot of his, uh, what he'll need to, he'll probably need to pack on some weight 
for the NFL as well. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's tough to Clayton. I mean, your weaknesses, do you have any on JJ? I mean, he's not to me, lack of product. It's not a lack of production. It's not being asked to do as much as his peers are. Yeah. And I think he'd be the first to tell you that he's going to work on everything. Right. I mean, he's not a perfect quarterback. I, I agree with that. I, I do think he needs to put a little bit more touch on certain passes and he is a little bit slender, you know, everyone, including me, was saying all year, why don't they run him more, especially in a lot of these big games. But then you think back at some of the different hits he took when he was running or on the move or, you know, decided to scramble. And a lot of the times that he was banged up, you know, I mean, it happened against Penn State. I know it happened against Iowa. He was shaken up and, and had a tough time, you know, walking, trotting down the field after taking that hit from Dallas Turner in the Alabama game on the, uh, on the double pass. You know, so I, I do think, one of the things of if he did come back for another year, I think one of the big goals there would be to bulk up maybe a little bit, get a little bit stronger. Um, you know, maybe it's just kind of the way he's built, but uh, obviously very athletic. I just think that'd be the one part of his athleticism that might be lacking at this point. But, uh, you know, he's still it's not like he's the smallest guy in the world, but I, I would probably point to that just durability. You know, not that he's had any major injuries outside of the shoulder that held him out for the, you know, pre 2022 offseason. But I just think it's kind of that. uh that worrying about what could happen if if he takes xyz hit yeah i think the things that he needs to improve on i don't know that he would have been able to do that at michigan um, i think that you know in order for him to become an nfl quarterback i think he needs to play in the nfl i think he needs to be um you know in a system that accentuates what he does well as opposed to you know, his skill set was kind of retrofitted into what Michigan's offensive identity was. Whereas I think if you're a team that's drafting him in the first round, you're kind of tinkering and tailoring your offensive system to what he does well. So for me, I, I think that where does that improvement come? It's going to come in an NFL weight room. It's going to come throwing to NFL wide receivers. Uh, it's going to come playing behind an NFL offensive line. So to me. Oh, you're back. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think um, basically the gist of what I was saying is that I think the things that he needs to improve on is just one of those things where you have to release him into the wild and see how he he does under those new circumstances. So uh, we'll move on to this next one. This one's addressed to you, so I will ask it to you, Clay. Uh, from Michael Barnett, he says, Clayton, do you see Cole Cabana or Benjamin Hall being more likely to transfer? Yeah, well, in the short term, I think neither because they'd probably be in by now. They had till Saturday night to inform Michigan that they wanted to go in, and then Michigan had two days from there so uh, to enter them into the transfer portal. So I think if they would have gone in this little window here that they had post-national championship game, they already would be in there. No reason for Michigan to hold them back at this point from entering. I would have thought they would do it immediately, but there's going to be a window after spring ball. I mean, there could be, you know, if we're talking long-term after the next year, um, you know, I don't really like to speculate too much on, on this stuff, but I did talk to Cole Cabana at the Rose Bowl and I, I asked him, I said, you know, there are a lot of options for top 100 recruits that didn't get to play much their freshman year. And I know he was banged up at different points, played a factor, you know, and I asked him about sticking it out and, you know, why he felt like that was the best decision. And, you know, one, I didn't know that was how he felt at the time. He still could have left, you know, after when I talked to him, but, you know, he said that, he's coming for it this year. Like he doesn't care who's coming back. Like he wants to earn the opportunity to play and make an impact. 
And, you know, so I think that this kid is, is going to stick it out at least, you know, for the next year and, and probably beyond and, and be able to make an impact because I do think that he's got a really good skill set. But I, I don't want to speculate on who's more likely. Um, you know, I think Ben Hall was probably closer to playing this past year. But again, part of that has to do with Cabana maybe being hurt and training camp and whatnot. So it, it's just tough to say, I guess, if you look at it from the standpoint of who's going to get on the field first. There's a lot of time between now and August 31st against Fresno State when, you know, for that to be determined. Part of that will be spring ball, too. And then, obviously, anyone in college football after spring ball has the opportunity to go somewhere else. I mean, that's just the reality of the sport at this point. Oh, $5 chat from GoBlue982 says, just want to say, given his roots in MSU and OSU, seeing Nick Saban end with a loss to U of M is satisfying. Yeah, that's going to make for interesting trivia one day is that, in Michigan's route to a national title through the college football playoff, he played Alabama's old head coach and Nick Saban's successor. So um, Michigan fans will file that away for your bar trivia like five to ten years from now. But, yeah, um, kind of crazy. Yeah, 2024, they're both 0-1 against the Michigan That's Wolverines. Right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, – what a crazy, you know, just as an aside, what a crazy week it was uh, coaching carousel. You had Saban, Saban retire, uh, Pete Carroll get kicked upstairs in Seattle, and Belichick part ways with the Patriots in what, like the span of like 36 hours. So that's like 24. Pretty yeah. major changing of the guard uh, in both the NFL and college. So, and also, can we do this formally here? Can we, does this count? Welcome to the Big Ten, Jed Fish. He made it. Good stuff, by Jed. hook or by crook. Good stuff, oh, it wasn't Jed. By hook or crook. I thought it was pretty well, legit. <laughs> it is. It was legit, but just, just again, it all the the ripple effect from Nick Saban retiring. Washington loses its head coach. Jed yeah. Fish is back to the Big Ten. Uh, so good for Jed. Good stuff. Good Jed. stuff, Jed. Yep. Uh, let's go to this one from Trepa Coles, who says. Is Michigan a little behind in the transfer portal because of playing until the end of the season? 1,000%. Um, that is uh, one of the blessings and the downsides of having your season go as long as it did is that, you know, Jim Harbaugh, his decision and what he was going to do obviously gets pushed. Well, not pushed back that much. Uh, Black Monday in the NFL was last week, but uh, draft decisions get pushed to the limit. Everything gets pushed to the limit when you're still preparing and still playing football games. And, um, you know, it took all hands on deck for Michigan's coaching staff to to get prepared for both of those games. So and that's not to say, you know, there was obviously transfer portal contact made, but hard to commit to guys when you don't even know who's on the roster yet. So super unique scenario, super unique situation. I think there are guys in the portal to fill all of the needs they have. Um some fans may be off put by the quality of the options in the portal, but again, what's I think there's a lot out there that can still help them. So yeah, I mean that's the downside of it, but that's I think you take that trade 12 out of 10 times, right? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like they part of it too, they seem pretty locked in just on the run and didn't seem to be that active in the portal themselves. And maybe part of it obviously was waiting on decisions from some of their guys. And speaking of decisions, we have more breaking news, A.B. A.J. Barner is headed to the NFL draft. Mm. Uh, not all that surprising, right? Nope. He's uh, 
Uh, we have more breaking news this time on the recruiting trail. A uh, four-star cornerback, Chris Ewald Jr., tells our Hayes Fawcett at on three that he is decommitted from Michigan. So something for our recruiting guys to to uh, clean up and mop up. Uh, but yeah, AJ Barner accepted a Senior Bowl invite. Not a whole lot of no real surprises. Um, I think the closest thing to a surprise with all these decisions is probably the JJ one, and even that was always a coin flip. So. Um, Couple pleasant surprises with Donovan Edwards, Rod Moore, but AJ Barner, of course, off to the NFL. Uh, we will when after this deadline passes here on Monday. I believe they have until midnight here. Uh, we will have some stuff over up over on the Wolverine.com, kind of recapping all the movement and who's staying, who's going, all of that. Uh, I think this is one we'll end on because I I like that it's addressed to me. So selfishly, I think this is one we end on. Uh, it's from Lewis Blake, who says Anthony. Are you going to every game next year? So Michigan finishes fifteen and zero again. Um, again, pat myself on the back here. Have not seen the Michigan football Wolverines lose a game in person since the Citrus Bowl on January one, twenty twenty. Um, but you got to You know, you can't, you can't mess with that too. Like I, you know, I'm not gonna move heaven and earth to make sure I get to Champagne. Illinois next year, but will I be in Seattle? Yes, I will be in Seattle. Will I be in Columbus? Oh, you bet your sweet bottom. I will be. So in you're Columbus. leaving the Illinois game to chance. I mean, it's just an example, right? I'm not, uh, we'll see what happens. That's a drivable one, but, uh, you know, I think we'll be, we'll see what happens there. We got, we got a couple more games to budget for next year potentially with the college football playoffs. So it, I'll just put it this way, Lewis, if there's a big game to be played, I will be there. Uh, and they're all big games, but I'm talking about the games. Uh, of course they go to Seattle on October 5th uh, in Col- I mean, I'll be at, I'll be at the Oregon game, be at the Texas game, be at the USC game. Those are all in Ann Arbor. Uh, I will be in Columbus. I'm looking forward to going to Columbus. Not many people say that, but you know, lots of happy, mem- you know, happy memories there of late. And then uh, hopefully Indianapolis and wherever the college football playoff takes us. So if there is a big game to be played, Atlanta, Anthony Broom will be there and I will be in Atlanta if if we go there. So I will be there. The Wolverine.com will be there. I know most of you guys will be there uh, because you guys are diehards. We love you for that. Um I think it's going to do it for us. I think it's time for some hot tea. I think it's some time for some rest. Uh, now the, the the work is done. It's finished. I mean, not for the Lions, but just in terms of finally being able to sit down and put on some sweatpants, put on a pot of tea or whatever, coffee, whatever, whatever it is. It's cold out there. You got to warm yourself up. You can finally kick your feet up a little bit. But uh, Clayton. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you get some rest too, my man. Uh, we, The three of us, hopefully, uh, if the Lord's willing, we'll all be back together on Thursday. Be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, use that promo code UM1 for two months of access over at thewolverine.com for a dollar. That's for our YouTube viewers only. Uh, for Clayton Safey, I'm Anthony Broom. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.